to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. is really on my heart to speak on this morning is something that's relevant to absolutely every single one of us. It's something that my son does really well. It's something that my husband does really well. It's something that I don't do very well. And um, so the thing I want to talk about this morning is commitment. My son's great at committing. When he wants pasta, he commits to wanting pasta and that's it. When he commits to wanting to watch something on TV, he commits and that's all he wants to watch. Nothing else will do. And when we go shopping, Nathan commits to one shop. He commits to certain items and when he's chosen it, that's it. There's no second guessing. There's no exploring other shops. There's no, can we get it at a better price? No, he just commits and that's it. Job done. I'm a woman doesn't work like that with women. Women, sometimes we like to explore. We like to check out all our options before we commit. We like to make sure that we're committing to the right thing and we're not going to miss out on anything else if we commit to that thing. And, um, but God's really spoken to me recently over this year about commitment and being committed to something. And what I'd like to speak on this morning is the idea of the importance of staying committed in all seasons of life so that God can work in you to work through you to impact the world around you. So my message title this morning is In You and Through You. And um, I really believe that when we stay committed to something, we reap the benefits of it. And uh, I think when you stay committed to God, when you stay committed in your faith, when you stay committed in church and um, all those kind of things, when you're committed in life to your career, to the your relationships and people around you, you reap the benefits of that commitment. So in Psalm 37 verse 5, it says, commit everything that you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. That literally sums my whole message up. I could literally put the mic down and just go. That's my message. Commit everything to you, uh, to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. Let me just pray before we get into this message. Yes, Lord God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for every single person in every single location and online in this church, in Icon Church. I thank you for... Um, the fact that they're here, they're engaging in church, they're listening to your word, Lord God. But I pray that it won't just be listening to words, but it'll be their heart opening and listening to your voice, Lord God. I pray that as you speak through me, Lord God, that you will use those words and that you will change lives this morning. You'll change hearts. I pray, Lord God, that maybe there are people in this place that need challenging on their commitment or encouraging in their commitment, Lord God. And I pray that you will do that, Lord God. I pray that as people leave this place, that there'll be something on their heart that they are ready and willing and wanting to commit to, to glorify you, Lord God, and to impact their world, Lord Jesus. Amen. So some of you might know that I used to be a student midwife. It was a long time ago, a very long time ago. I was 18 years old. Um, and I went to university to study to be a midwife. I was so blessed to get on the course because it's not an easy course to get onto. Um, but I didn't find it an easy course. Practically, I'm, I'm great at doing practical jobs. Um, I'd like to still say that even 13 years later, I could still deliver a baby with my eyes closed. I would hope. Um, but 
Academically, I really struggled. Academically, I wasn't great. Exams was my biggest problem. Essays, I struggled to write them, but I always seemed to get a really good grade and pass every time. Um, but exams, I really struggled with. And there were three major exams in my university course. And um, the very first exam in my very first year, I failed it twice. And at the University of Nottingham, when you fail something twice, unfortunately, you have to leave the course. And obviously, that was really tough for me. I, it was a dream job. It's a hard job to get into. I loved it, and I was great at it practically. So when you fail the academic side, and you think, what do I do now? That's really difficult. And it would have been so easy for me to have thought, well, that's it. I won't do it anymore. I'll think of something else. I'll maybe give up on university because I'm obviously not very academic. Um, I ended up taking a six-month interrupt, but in that process of taking those six months off, um, I was screened for dyslexia. I was proven to be um, dyslexic. So the University of Nottingham allowed me to resit, and I had to make a decision of do I want to carry on and resit this exam, or do I want to quit and do something else? Do I want to commit to this process of hard work? Do I want to commit to studying again? Do I want to commit to potentially failing again? Or do I want to do something else? And I decided to go for it. And um, I resat the exam. I passed it first time. I don't know what the difference was because all they gave me was a little bit of extra time. I probably just studied a bit harder. Um, but I resat it. I passed it and I got back on the course. And I had to stay committed. I had to remain academically committed and work hard to do that and to, to go through that course and that training. And I read an incredible... Um, quote on Instagram the other week and it fits so perfectly with this story and I didn't know this at the time that I went through that season but I would have loved to have known this and if any of you are struggling in a season where you're not sure whether to quit or whether to commit to it I'd love you just to listen to this if you quit now you'll be right back where you first began and when you first began you were desperate to be where you are right now You've made progress, you have answers, you're nearer to your dream, you're one step closer to your calling. If you quit now, if you stop being committed now, the process will stop too. So if there's anyone in the room that's struggling with that, anyone in our locations that's struggling with knowing whether to carry on or quit, just know that you're in a process. And sometimes when you quit the process and when you give up, you're not just stopping where you are, but you're stopping everything that you've done to get to where you are right now. Don't waste that time. Don't waste that energy. Don't waste that commitment that you have given to that thing. But keep going. Keep persevering. You know, there's some words that go with the word commit. And I looked up the definition to be committed to something. And these are the words that come out. Devoted, loyal, dedicated, faithful, firm, steadfast, Resolute, unwavering, wholehearted, keen, earnest, enthusiastic, zealous, passionate, motivated, driven, active, hardworking, diligent. I don't know about you, but when I was writing this message, the first thing that came to my mind when I thought of commit, I just thought of it like a decision. Like, oh, I'm just going to commit to that thing. It's a decision. And then when I read all those words that describe the word commit, and I think, not only do I need to commit with my words, but that takes energy. That takes hard work. It takes not just doing it with gritted teeth, but it takes enthusiasm, zealous, passion. 
When we commit to something, especially in church, especially with God, you can't just commit with your words, but we need to do it passionately. We need to do it enthusiastically, do it wholeheartedly because we're serving God in the prayer. Commitment can be easy when life is going well. I never struggled with commitment until I struggled at university. And then as soon as I had those struggles at university, suddenly commitment became this huge decision and this huge thing that I had to do when life is going well. Commitment in your health, being committed to a diet and a gym, that goes well when life is going well. When you get busy or when you're upset and you start eating chocolate and ice cream, that commitment goes out the window. (laughs) Commitment to marriage and relationships and your friendships can be um, easy when life is going well. Commitment to church can be easy when life is going well. Commitment to serving and leading in church can be easy when life is going well. Commitment to God seems to be easier when life is going well. It's in the difficult and the inconvenient seasons that we often get tempted to give up and throw in the towel. When we start to waver in our commitment and struggle to trust, trust others around us, trust our own decisions, trust God. Have you given up on something in life because you thought that something had got too difficult? Have you ever wavered in your commitment to something or someone because life got in the way? Have you ever struggled to trust God because things haven't gone to plan? Maybe something inconvenient came your way. Or maybe even in great seasons, you've forgotten that you need God. Maybe you've forgotten, you've got too busy and you've forgotten to remain committed. We can get so caught up in the busyness of life, the success of our seasons when things are going great, that we forget to include God, let alone even commit to God. Sometimes we can forget. And that's my reminder to us today, church, no matter the season, no matter what you're going through, highs, lows, great seasons, um, difficult seasons, inconvenient seasons, no matter the season, God wants us to trust him and commit to him. He wants your heart. That's what he wants. He just wants you to commit your heart. He doesn't care if your heart's broken. He doesn't care if your heart's stressed. He doesn't care. He just wants your heart and he will help fix those things. He will help use those things. He just wants you to give your heart. He doesn't mind what condition it's in. Just come and give it to him and commit it to him. Just as we said in Psalms, it says, commit everything. Commit everything. When I think of everything, I think of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Commit everything in all seasons, in the good seasons, the bad seasons, the ugly seasons. God wants to work in us, to work through us, so that he can impact the world around us. And he can only do that if we're committed. He can use those good seasons to make greater seasons and great things for people around us. He can use the bad and inconvenient seasons to develop us and develop others around us. He can use the ugly, broken seasons to restore us and restore others around us. God just wants our whole heart, whatever the condition. There's an incredible man in the Bible who... um, just sums up commitment so well. He's a a man in the Bible who was committed to Jesus. He was committed to his calling. He was committed when things got tough. He was committed when he couldn't see the direction that he was going in. And he remained committed in a waiting process. And that man you all know is Noah. Noah who built the ark. Noah who sent the animals in two by two. Noah who saved those animals from the great flood, saved his family from a great flood. And in Genesis 9, I'm going to tell us a little bit of the story and a few of the Bible verses will come up on the screen. 
But it says, this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. Faithfully. He was loyal. He was committed. He was dependable. He was faithful with God. This is just in everyday life. At the minute, he doesn't even know what God's plans are for his life. He's just in everyday life. He's a normal guy, married to his wife. He's got some kids. He's just going about his normal everyday life, but he is faithful and committed to God. And God says to him, so make yourself an ark and uh, I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth and I'm going to destroy all the life under the heavens. I will, but I will establish my covenant with you and you will enter the ark. Noah did everything just as God commanded. Genesis 6, 22. Noah did everything just as God commanded. He was committed in the unknown. He was committed before his calling. And then suddenly this calling comes and he doesn't know anything about this flood. There's no water to be seen. There's nothing going on right now. He just knows that he's been instructed to build an ark. He obeys God and he builds the ark and he remains committed to that process, even though it's unknown. It then goes on to say, go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Because of Noah's commitment, God found him to be righteous. God trusted him, committed himself to Noah and said, I trust you. I want to protect you. I believe you are righteous and I want you and your family to get on this ark. It then goes on to tell him to, to take all the animals into the, the ark, two by two, two of every pair, male and female, clean and unclean, birds and, and other livestock. And seven days from now, I will send rain for 40 days and for 40 nights. Noah did, verse five, chapter seven, verse five, it says, Noah did all that God commanded him to do. He continued to be committed even when things started to get tough, I don't know how big this boat was. Apparently, it was a third of the size of Titanic. Thanks, Hannah, for Googling that for me yesterday. A third of the size of the Titanic. But I'm sure the Titanic had thousands of people building it. The ark, there was Noah and his sons, and that's pretty much it. But not only did he have to put the manpower in and the time in to build the ark, but at the same time, he was being ridiculed by people. People were calling him crazy. And he was having to combat all these things, the physical strain, the time constraints, the people ridiculing him. And uh, he continued to be committed through that process. For 40 days and for 40 nights, the flood came and kept coming. The waters increased and lifted the ark and they rose gently on the earth and all the mountains under the entire heavens were covered in water. When the flood came, he still remained committed. When I read this story and I think about a flood, like it sounds quite plain sailing. He did what he was told and what God said happened and they were safe. But when I think of floods in my life, I think of disasters. I think of natural disasters. I think of difficult seasons. It can be easy to be committed and to trust God in the everyday. It can even sometimes be easy to trust him in the unknown. You know, nothing's going wrong. You just don't quite know where you're going yet. So you commit and you trust God. But then a huge flood comes and you're like, what do I do now? Am I even going to survive this flood? Noah probably didn't know if the, build, the boat that he had built would, would, would stand it. Maybe he wasn't a great craftsman, I don't know. Maybe he had to teach himself on the job. Maybe he Googled it or YouTubed it or something. But he had to trust that God was going to protect him and that he would survive the flood. 
He remained committed in the inconvenience of the flood. He remained committed in the fear of the flood. He never gave up hope. He even cared for the animals still. You know, this flood's coming. He doesn't know if he's going to survive. He's feeding the animals. He's cleaning up their poo. I don't know what he did with that, like chuck it over the boat or something. But he was committed to what God had called him to do. God remembered Noah and all of the animals and the livestock that were on the ark. And he sent a wind over the earth and the waters receded. The waters receded steadily from the earth. And at the end of 150 days, that's a long time to wait stuck on a boat with a load of smelly animals. After 150 days, the water had gone down. And on the seventh day of the seventh month, the ark came to rest on a mountain. The waters continued to recede until the 10th month. And on the first day of the 10th month, the tops of the mountains were visible. Noah opened a window and sent out a raven. And the raven kept flying back and forth and back and forth until the water had dried up. Then he sent out a dove to see if the water had receded from the surface of the ground. But the dove couldn't find anywhere to perch because there was water all over the surface of the earth. So he returned to Noah in the ark, reached out his hand, and the dove brought him back um, onto the ark. Then he waited seven more days. This is a lot of waiting, 150 days on the ark and then waiting for the waters to go down, sending out a raven and then waiting seven more days and sending out a dove. Nothing's coming back. Sending out another dove seven days later, waiting and waiting. And then the dove comes back with an olive leaf in its beak. And no one knew that the water had receded from the earth. He waited seven more days and then sent the dove out again. But this time the dove didn't come back. Noah knew that the dove had found somewhere to live, had found somewhere to perch. He committed even in the wait. The flood came, nothing was happening. The waters had gone down, the flood had gone, but the problem was still there. They still couldn't get off the ark. And sometimes in life, we can feel a bit like that. The floodgates open and and life just gets on top of us. And then there isn't a flood anymore, but yet we just don't feel safe yet. We just don't feel like we can get out of the boat yet. We don't feel like everything's okay yet but we can still remain committed. We can remain committed in the everyday, committed when um, the unknown is happening, committed when the flood comes, committed when we don't know what's happening, whilst we're waiting and waiting. And then God said to Noah, come out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and their wives, bring all the animals so that they can multiply on the earth and be fruitful and increase in number on it. Noah's commitment didn't just save Noah's life. Noah's commitment didn't just save his family. It didn't just save a few animals. Noah's commitment saved the entire world. Noah's commitment had an impact on our entire planet. It restored humanity. It restored all the animals um, living on the earth. His commitment caused, caused multiplication. His commitment caused fruitfulness. His commitment resulted in an increase. His commitment impacted the world around him. And I believe that when we're committed, when we remain committed in any season of life, God will cause increase, God will cause fruitfulness, and God will cause multiplication, not just in our lives, but the entire world around us, in our communities, in our families, in our immediate um, where we work, where we go to school, where we our everyday life. He will just increase it. So to recap, 
Noah was committed in the everyday. He was committed in the unknown, in his calling. He was committed even when he was ridiculed. He was committed in the inconvenience. He was committed in the wait. And because of Noah's commitment, God recognized Noah. God called Noah. God protected Noah. God remembered Noah and worked in and through Noah to impact Noah and the world around him. It's an incredible story. And I believe that when we remain committed in all of those seasons of our life, God will recognize us. God will call us. God will protect us. God will remember us. He doesn't just leave us somewhere and forget about us, but he remembers that we're still there. And then he works in us and through us to impact the world around us. So church, how can we remain committed in all seasons of life? How can we make sure that no matter the season that we're going through, that we always remember to stay committed to God, to his church, to our responsibilities? How do we do that? Well, the first thing we can do, if you're taking notes, write this down. Commit your time. Noah committed his time. He committed years of his time, day and night, building that ark based on a conversation that he had with God. He didn't see any rain. He didn't know what was coming, but he committed his time. What do you need to commit your time to today, church? Do you need to commit more time to somebody or something in your life? Maybe you need to recommit your time to something. Maybe there's something that you've put down. Maybe there's something that you've started to ignore. Maybe there's something where you felt like you weren't getting anywhere, so you've given it less time. Maybe today's the day that you need to pick that thing back up and say, no, I'm going to give it some more time. I'm going to put time into that thing, and God will reward that time. Do you need to recommit to something that you've completely lost your commitment to? Maybe you need to commit more to spending more time with God. Maybe committing a certain time of day um, in your everyday life to make sure that you're committed to seeking out God. Maybe you need to commit your car time to making sure that every time you get in the car, you worship God and, and that's your committed time. Maybe if you've got kids, you need to commit a time that fits around your, your time scale with children. I don't know what goes on in your life. I don't know how your life is compared to mine. But that's why it's so important to commit that time so that God is always in your life. One thing I've started to do recently is every time I pray, I use the words now, I commit this to you. Whether it's in the morning and you say, God, I commit this day to you. Whether you're about to do something, go for an interview, start a new job, do something that you've never done before. And you say, God, I commit this to you. I want to give this thing to you. When we commit our time, it allows God to work in us and work through us. The second thing that we can do is commit our energy. Noah used a lot of energy on that boat. I think uh, if he was potentially overweight and had no muscles before he started building that ark, I think he was like the Hulk by the time he finished the thing. Because he would have put so much energy into building that ark. And it says in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, it says, So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. That's energy. When you're remaining strong in your commitment to something, when you're immovable because of your commitment to something, when you're doing it enthusiastically, you're committed to something. That takes energy. 
It takes energy to serve well in your job. It takes energy to be committed to a person um, that you're in a relationship with, friendship with, marriage with. That takes energy. It takes energy to stand strong when you really just want to quit and give up. It takes energy. It takes energy to be enthusiastic. But Noah was strong and he was immovable. Even when people ridiculed him, he didn't give up. He stood his ground. He carried on doing what he was doing and he remained committed. He was enthusiastic and passionate. I don't know what he was doing whilst he was building this art, but if it was me, I'd have Hillsong on in the background. I'd be singing along. I'd be enthusiastic and passionate. I'd be trying to make it so that I was enjoying the process of uh, building the ark. And sometimes maybe we need to think of things that we can do to enjoy the process more when we commit to something. His energy definitely wasn't useless. God used that energy to create something incredible that saved the world. Where do you need to commit your energy today? Do you need to recommit your energy to something? Maybe you need to make the decision today that you are going to be strong and immovable in your energy to something. Don't give up. Be enthusiastic. Be passionate. Be certain that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. If you ever have one of those thoughts of, I don't know why I'm doing this, commit it to God. Because when you commit something to God, then you think, I'm doing this for God. I'm not just doing it for myself. I'm working for God. I'm not just working for my boss. I'm studying for God. I'm not just studying for myself or my teachers. It's about committing it to God. And when we commit our energy, it allows God to work in us, to work through us. And the final thing, if the band want to come back and join me, the final thing that we can do to stay committed is to commit our heart all of our heart. Commit our entire heart. Noah worked on the ark with all of his heart. You don't do something for that amount of time that takes that many hours and that much energy if you don't have your whole heart in it. Like I would have given up a long time before if my heart wasn't in it. And in Colossians 3, 23 to 24, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Noah received his inheritance. The energy that he put in, the, the heart that he put into building that ark, to moving those animals into the ark two by two, that took all of his heart. And his inheritance was his life, his family's life, society, the planet, the animals. He saved the world. His name is written in the Bible forever to be remembered. His commitment allowed God to work in him and through him, which literally impacted his world, literally. He received his inheritance of the world and his commitment allowed God to impact us. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Noah. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Noah's commitment. Imagine what you could do with your commitment. And think if you don't commit, what impact that could have negatively in the future. If we're here because of Noah's commitment, imagine what lives we could change in the future because of our commitment. And Noah probably didn't think he was saving the world. Like maybe he just thought, I'm just building a boat. He was a man in one country. He didn't know what was going on around the rest of the world, but he was obedient and his commitment saved the entire world. Where do you need to commit your heart? 
Is there something that you need to recommit your heart to that maybe you've lost commitment to? Is there something that's making your heart heavy that you need to just give to God and commit that to God? Something that you need to say, I can't deal with this God, I'm gonna commit it to you so that you can have my whole heart. I've recently committed um, something to God that was frustrating me. There was something in my world that was frustrating me, that was distracting me from my life and from my calling. It was making my heart heavy. And I said to God, you have it, it's yours. I trust you with it because there's nothing more I can do. And maybe Noah thought that, maybe Noah thought the flood's coming. There's nothing I can do. It's an entire flood. I can't save the whole world, but I'll commit to you, God, and I'll obey you, God, and I'll give my fear to you, and I'll give that responsibility to you. I don't even know why I'm crying. I'm just, I'm enthusiastic and committed to this message. That's why I'm crying. But then I said to God, I'm now going to focus. I'm giving that thing to you, God, and I'm committing it to you so that I can focus on my life, focus on my calling whilst you do what you can do. And that's sometimes what we need to do in our life. Commit that thing to God and say, I'm just gonna focus on what you want me to do. You can deal with the stuff that I can't deal with and commit it to Him. Because when we commit with all of our heart, it allows God to work in us and through us. We're gonna go into a song in a minute. It happens to be my my favourite song, but that's not why we're closing it at the end of my message. But I don't know what you guys are doing in your other locations, but if it's possible for you to go into Highlands and we're gonna sing this song. And in the bridge, it says, whatever I walk through, wherever I am, your name can move mountains wherever I stand. And if ever I walk through the valley of death, this is the line. I'll sing through the shadows, my song of ascent. Whatever season you're in, whatever valley you go through, whatever mountaintop you're on top of, it doesn't matter. But we sing through it all. We praise His name through it all. This whole song about Highlands is about God's commitment to us. And all we need to do is commit our time and commit our energy and commit our heart, our whole heart to Him. Praise Him regardless of what season. Praise Him regardless. Continue serving Him. Continue giving Him our time and our energy and our heart because all He wants is our heart. And when we do those things, He will work in us, He will work through us and He will impact the entire world around us. So let's sing this song, church. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.